Good morning and Happy New Year. I didn't get to see you last week, but I know many of you were here and I didn't get to wish you guys a, a great new year. And I know Michelle did a great job preaching last week. Amen. If you're new here today, I'm Pastor James. For short, they've always called me PJ for 25 years. I don't know why, but they call me PJ. And Debbie and I are just happy that you are here. Maybe you're a guest of ours today, first time. I hope and pray that you have felt the presence of God. We're not here just to go through a religious experience. I want you to encounter God. And God loves everybody, and he wants to meet you here today. And I hope before you leave here, God will speak something into your life. Amen? Amen. Thankful for the worship we've had this morning. Just time in the presence of God. And uh, before I get into the message, I just had some short conversation before, even in my office this morning with a couple guys. And, and um, I was talking about, you know, your perspective on worship because in the Old Testament, you know, God would, there were guys and great heroes that they would build uh, places of remembrance they would build an altar. They would put stones in place. And, and it was there so that they would always be reminded of what God did then in their life. And then the Bible teaches them that when your children come along and they ask, what are these stones? They, they would remind them because God did this. And I said, you know, sometimes we think that is so old. And, but really, you have altars in your life. Remember when God did. There's a whole message in that. I mean, I told the guys this morning, I need to preach on altars because I remember when God did for me when I was 20 or 16 or 30 or 53 in the hospital with my wife. I rem Don't forget those things. So when I come into church, it's not about just singing songs. It's not about making sure everybody sees me doing my thing. No, God, I'm remembering. I'm remembering all the things that you've been there every time. And the good times and the bad times, you're there. And so it's easy now when I come in and I can relate to every word that's being sung. It's my prayer unto God. So there's your first sermon this morning. That's why we worship the way we do. Some may be being louder than others, but you don't know where they've been or what God has done. And if God has delivered you or healed you or set you free, you, you let out a shout of praise. You may be a little loud, amen. Now, we're not trying to be distractive, right? We're not trying to distract anybody else, but you don't know where they've been. Because you're going to have your moment your altar at some time. And if you ever see a prodigal child come home and them get saved and God set them free or delivered or get delivered from drugs, I don't mind shouting one bit to my God. Anybody in the house? Come on, somebody stand up and get God praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't mind giving him praise. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you would. I'm going to read the word this morning. I know this is an old practice, but you know, I believe in honoring the word of God. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Hallelujah. And we're going to start with verse 25. Matthew 6. In verse 25, if you've never been here, we also have notes. Sometimes they hand them out so if you want the physical notes, but we also have notes on our church app. They're there every week. Matter of fact, you can probably catch them on Saturday and know what I'm going to preach on Sunday. Let's read here. It says, therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus, do not be anxious about your life. We could just stop right there. Because we're anxious about everything. He's saying, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Man, if we could just tell that to our world right now, I just want to speak to somebody because it's all about image. It's all about what you have. It's all about what everybody else has and living up to that and being prideful if we don't or if we don't want to share our anybody. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious, I love this, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Sometimes we need to look at what we're believing in. Have we forgotten? Therefore, he says it again. Are y'all ready? Third time? Don't be anxious. As, as this, he knows this is going to be a struggle. Right? I mean, because if you just tell somebody to stop being anxious, it's like, okay. Another version says, don't worry. Some of, some of you are worry, what do we call them, worry warts. But he says, therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows, he knows, tell your neighbor, he knows, that you need them all. Here's the key verse. You ready? He throws this right smack in the middle of anxiousness. Here's the... Here's how you begin to resolve anxiousness in your life. But seek first. Everybody say first. first. The kingdom of God. Not your way. Can y'all let the word speak for a minute? We read through the scriptures. You read, some of you read this your whole life. But seek first the kingdom of God and his it says righteousness, his way, in other words, his ways. And all, all these things will, will be added to you. And one last time, therefore do not. I think somebody of us got a problem. Therefore, do not, number four, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow (laughs) is going to have its own issues. (laughs) Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, help me to speak. Holy Spirit, I pray you speak through me today. Open the minds and hearts to receive what you have, God. We just want to be better. We want to be stronger. We want to grow closer to you. So I pray this word be applied to our life. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Give somebody a high five. You may be seated. This is a principle we just read. In the Bible, it's called the principle of first things. You may have heard that. Principle of first things. First things are important. Um, Matter of fact, I can tell more about you by what you do first. Probably more than anything else. When you get up every day, what you do first, I can learn some things from you. When I open your, or you open your, you don't have a check anymore, hardly any of you. But when you, when you open your account, where you spend first usually tells me a lot about you. What you do in the morning, how, what you say to your spouse, what you do with your kids, how you handle your day tells me a lot when we, your first priorities are. Amen? So they show us something about us. and So I want to talk about this because God is a God of first things.
And so I have a question for you. And I want you to be honest with yourself. If you're just telling me, it's not really, you know, I'm glad you tell me, but it's not going to do any good until you are honest with you. But my question to you today, is God really first in your life? I'm asking Christians, believers, because sometimes we drift. I mean, we're human. You know that humans have a way of drifting? We drift. But is God... You may say it out of your mouth, but are your actions lining up? And you say, well, this, this is obvious, Pastor, but are we doing it? Right? We say that. I want to ask you to get rid of every excuse that you're coming up with right now in your mind. Because some of you got some really good ones. Like you just, you, you already like, yeah, that, that's not me. And you won't even look at your spouse, but them, I don't, I don't know about them, you know. <laughs> but you got to get rid of excuses. You know, it's like Boudreaux. You know, I've heard me tell this before, but you know, I'm going to tell you again because it's funny. We got any Louisiana folks in the room? No, we all Texans? I'm pretty much, yeah, hey, got some Louisiana. All right, all right. Boudreaux got pulled over by the police. He was swerving all over the road, and a police officer uh, uh, came up, and he started giving all kinds of excuses of why he was driving the way he was driving. And the police officer said, well, I'm going to have to give you a breathalyzer. He said, you can't did that. He said, why not? He said, because I'm asthmatic. I might could die. He said, well, I'm on. police officer said, I'm going to have to give you a blood test. I'm going to have to give you a blood test. He's, he said, you can't do that because I'm a hemophiliac. I might bleed to death. He said, well, I'm going to have to give you a urine test. He said, you can't do that, police officer. He said, why not? He said, because I'm diabetic. You're going to get a bad reading. And then the police officer said, well, you're just going to have to walk this line. And then the old Boudreaux said, I can't do that. He said, why not? He said, because I'm drunk. It's funny every time I tell it. <laughs> Get rid of excuses. Yeah. Amen? I'm going to make a strong statement to you as your pastor. And I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. But if God is not first in your life, he's not really in your life. God will not take any other place. He won't take second. He won't take third. God's not going to take any other place. And you may have God on your list. Like, yeah, I believe in God, but if he's not at the top of your list, he's not really on your list. In order for God to be a part of your life, he requires first. Now, some of you might say, well, I just, I mean, does God have a right to do that? Yes, first of all, he created you. You wouldn't even be here had it not been for God. Second law of all, he sent his son to die for you, gave his life for you. He wants to be with you. Third of all, he put his spirit, whether you realize it or not, he put his spirit in you. Now, whether you're acknowledging that spirit and living a spirit-filled life, I don't know. But you'll know it if, he, if he's first in your life. Is the spirit leading you or is the flesh more or less leading you? I'm just throwing out some tough questions. Is that, is that okay? And fourth, the truth is, is God... Just wants a relationship with you and be with, he wants to be with you forever. That's how valuable that every single person in here is to God. And in the end, let me just tell you something. In the end, that's all that's going to matter. All the things we do, all the great stuff, all the joy we have, it's, it's all great. But this is not there, all there is to life. I'm so glad. That one day I'm going to step through heaven's door and I'm going to hug the neck of my dad again. And we're going to be together for eternity. Think about that. Think about your loved one. Think about This is not, we got to realize that in the end, all that matters is serving God and placing him first in our lives. Amen. The first four words in the Bible. Anybody, can you quote them to me? In the beginning... God. How about we make that our motto of our life? If I wake up in the morning, in the beginning, God. 
I don't turn on the television. Pick up my phone. Because emails, text messages, and social media takes over. In the beginning, God. How about if we just made that our motto? In the beginning, God. In the afternoon, God. In the evening, God. In the beginning, God. But what was the first of the big ten commandments? He said, you shall have. He said, first of all, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I'm the one that, that reached out and grabbed you and delivered you and gave you a new life. Some of you, we talked about remembering what God had done for our lives. He delivered you. How many can say, God delivered me, set me free? How many times has he come and rescued you? And he says, so you shall have no other gods, no other passions, no other loves before me. Is he being mean? No. He doesn't mind you loving things. I have other passions. I have other things I desire. And I, I, I love being in the woods. I love to hunt. I'm an, I'm, I'm an avid outdoorsman. I, I love being with my kids and doing things. But you know what? Those are, those, are, those are things I love doing in life. But God is first. And he's going to get priority in my life. So in the beginning, well, that's pretty weak. Some of you are like, I don't know, I don't know. Look, I'm going to help you today to start the year off right. And I'm going to give you three simple things. I say simple. They're not actually always easy. But things to help you to put God first. Anybody else, you ready to put God first? Like, really? Like, I'm going to put God first. Well, that's about half of you. Thank you very much for participating. I appreciate it very much. But I want you, number one, to give God the first of your year. Given the first of the year, how are you going to do that? Well, every year we have 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, before any of you freak out, I realize that we have some of you are like excited about it. You're like, I'm ready for it. And some of you are brand new. You're like, fast? What's that? I fast. That's like, I'm not no monk, you know? That's only for the religious freaks, you know? Preachers do that. Well, just hold on and let me talk to you about it because it's actually a spiritual discipline that's in the Bible. Just like prayer and reading your word, it's a spiritual discipline. So we're going to begin that tomorrow, tonight at midnight, whenever you want to start. And we're going we're gonna to fast for 21 days. Now, I'll talk more about that in just a second, what that means and how you can do that. Um, but I I'm, I'm wanted to make you aware also, we're opening up the church uh, Monday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. for corporate prayer. And I'm asking everybody, make some time to come. Come and spend time here with us in the auditorium. Yes, we are doing some remodeling, but uh, you know what? By the way, it's looking good. Amen. Everything that's going on. I know some of you, you didn't see anything in here. You hadn't been nowhere else. But we've got bathrooms tore up and everything else and paint going on the walls and so we're going to continue with that. But we're still going to have prayer and fasting. So I'm asking you to make time for that. Of course, our Saturday prayer from 9 to 10. But you're saying, why are we doing this? Well, we're not doing this for any other reason than to declare that God is first. That's why we're doing this. And I make it a priority every January, Debbie and I both, to not, to not go anywhere or be out of town because we... We want to make sure that we are making that priority in our lives as pastors to be effective for the rest of the year. We're going to give God the first of the year. And so I'm encouraging you to do the same. Now, there are different types of fast I want to talk to you about, okay? Uh, some of you kind of maybe you've never done this before. You're confused about it. But I want to give you four fasts that are effective. The first one is what I call a complete fast, okay? Now... This is going to sound hard, and it can be, but a complete fast is when we fast for 21 days with only water and juice. Now, some of you are going, I can't go one hour. <laughs> I promise you, you can fast. You can fast. You can do this now. If you're, if you're taking medications, doing things, you need to check with your doctor before you take that uh, complete fast on because it, some, some of you are not 
able to do because of health reasons and you're taking medication. I get that. I understand that. Um, but there's a complete fast. You can do a complete fast. Do not go without water. You can't go without water more than three days. Okay? So if you plan to do that, you say, can it be done? Yes, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it several times. And, and not to give me any pat on the back, but when I first began my ministry, I did a 40-day fast. And that was tough. That was tough. But I wanted, I, I went through 21 days and I felt the Lord saying, you know what, keep going. Because this, this is about your ministry. Just as Jesus went and fasted before his ministry, I want you to do it. Didn't tell nobody, only Debbie knew and some, a couple close friends knew. And uh, so it is possible. Amen. And, I, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. Then there's a selective fast, which is, uh, is this okay? I'm just going to talk to you because we're beginning this today. You need to understand what we're doing. A selective fast is it'd be like a, what we call a Daniel's fast. A Daniel's fast is where it's select. Uh, actually, a Daniel's fast is no meat, no sweet, no bread. No meat, no sweets, no bread. That'll just kill some of us right there. No meat, no sweets, no bread. Eliminate sugar out of your diet for 21 days and see what happens. First week, it's going to be headache and hell. That's all I'm going to tell you. But that t that'll tell you how addictive your body is to, to those things. Uh, then there's what we call partial fast. That's where you select times, okay, uh, to fast. Uh, the Jewish, the Jews, they would fast from sunup to sundown. When, they do, when you, they do a Jewish fast, it's from sunup to sundown. Now, this is something Debbie and I are doing this year. We're, we're doing the, not necessarily the Jewish fast, but we're doing a selective fast uh, because of even her medical issues uh, and the medication that she's on. So I'm gonna, it's easier, I'll just tell you, if you're married, to get with your spouse and do the same thing. Because if you're both, if one's doing a Daniel fast and the other one's doing, well, I'm just fasting this, it, it just doesn't work. You know, who's cooking in the house today? Well, I want this. Well, we can't add that. Now, get on the same page. It'll make it a lot easier, and you'll make each other accountable. Um, so if you want to do a selective fast, I mean, now, you know what they really call it now? Intermittent fasting. Some of you are doing it just for weight loss, but how, do, how about do it for God? Amen. And then there's what I call the soul fast. That means for your mind and your emotions. Some of you need a soul fast. In other words, you need to eliminate social media. What if you did without it for 21 days? You, some of you wouldn't know what to do. You'd be bored out of your mind. You could actually get projects done. Because, you know, every week you can read how much time you spend on your phone. Or your phone will just automatically tell you. You're like, dear God, really? I Ten hours, dear Jesus. Uh, but, but how about it? I, I recommend, matter of fact, that you do a soul fast along with one of the others so that you can focus on God. Everybody can do something is my point. Everybody in the room, uh, ask God. I want, you to, I want you to really decide in your heart what you feel like God's calling you to do. Then, look, if you, if you decide to do three days here and then three days there, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to give you, uh, you can only do 21 days, all fast. No, you, you need, it needs to be a stretch for you. Amen. If it's easy for you, then it's not really working. Okay? So those are types of fast, and we have resources for you as well. If you'll go uh, online or go on your, again, the app on your phone, we have fasting and prayer guides. We have recipes for the Daniel's fast on there. We have even a uh, prayer guide uh, for teenagers. We have a prayer guide for children. So parents, if you want to get together, I mean, every evening, maybe you take that. And it, we're, we're giving you the tools and the resources to help you uh, to have a successful fast. And I would say this too, you need an objective. It's like, you know, if you don't have a target, you're just going to be praying all over the place, asking God for all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, but really, you need a target, an objective. And I su su you know, suggest to you that you pick, you know, two to three things that you're believing God for and seeking God for during this time of fasting.
All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it for a minute because the Bible mentions fasting over 75 times, okay? Um, fasting is basically like tying a ribbon around your finger to remember God. Because when you're not eating and your stomach is rumbling, you're going to remember why you're fasting. When you see those commercials come across the TV and that, that cheese that is pulling away from that pizza... You've never noticed it before. You're going to taste it. You could go lick the screen like. That's when you know you're fasting. You're going to remember God. And so I just encourage you. You're tying a, a, a ribbon around your finger. So when you're, you're, in other words, you're not eating the meal. So you take that time and spend it with God. Okay. So, uh, and, and let me just say this. You're not trying to get God to love you more through fasting. You're not trying to get God to come closer to you. No, it's about you eliminating the noise so that you can actually hear everything he's been saying all along for your whole life. That's what it's about. So God loves you just the same whether you fast or you don't fast. It's about you getting quiet and tuning out all the noise and taking, I mean, imagine if you spent 15 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the afternoon and 10 minutes at night at God. I mean, that would be amazing if you could just start right there, right? So uh, that's what it's all about. So fasting, let me give you a few things, is making space for God in your busy life. And that's the title of my message today, making space for God. I just want you to do that. I, I want you to take the first of this year. I mean, it's like when you have a baby on the way, what do you do? You prepare the room and you get a crib and you have a baby shower and you're getting it all fixed up. The baby's not there yet, but that's what happens. It's you're preparing and eliminating some things in, that are in your life so that you can make room for God to come in. Because sometimes we're so full of ourselves and things we're doing, I mean, and, and we don't realize we don't even have no space for God. So, so eliminate some space uh, for him to come and fill. And so it's emptying yourself, not just of food, but I'm also encouraging you to empty yourself of, of Facebook and, you know, what all, I don't even know, TikTok. Some of you do all that stuff. I have no idea. Young people, how much time do you spend on that phone? Young adults, married couples, Netflix. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying those things are all bad. I'm just saying watch what you're putting in your spirit, too. Because you can actually contaminate your fast. I'm telling you, every time I turn on Netflix, it's like you can't even watch anything anymore. It's like, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Anybody in the house? I want you to focus on God. Anybody else? Fasting also is the key to opening doors for miraculous provision and a fresh touch of God on your life. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the presence of God like we were just a few minutes ago when we're worshiping and we're adoring Him and we're ushering in the presence of God. Some of you need that right now in your life. You need miraculous things to take place. How many of you in here saying, there's an area of my life I need God in right now? Anybody? I'm telling you, sometimes it only comes through prayer and fasting. And matter of fact, you're saying, well, I don't understand this whole fasting thing. Well, Jesus fasted. Jesus was God in the flesh, man. He was here on earth. He comes and he fasted and, and then he was tempted. If Jesus went through all that, what makes us think that we don't have to go through some things? Amen. He's God in the flesh. He had to overcome the flesh. And then what happened? The anointing fell on him, the spirit of the living God. And he began his ministry and began, began to preach the good news and why he was there. Some of you need a miraculous provision and an anointing on your life for this new season that God has for you. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a, some of you just not expecting anything. Everybody in here is a minister. Everybody in here is a minister. Everybody in here is a fisher of men. 
And we live in a lost world that needs some godly anointed people that will walk around. Here's why I'm seeing Christians live defeated. We're living defeated. Some of you are living defeated, and I'm not here to hit you over the head. I'm here to encourage you this morning. Do you know who your God is? Have you let your faith slip so low that, you you know, faith is what? Believing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. It's not just my hocus-pocus and positive thinking. Some of you need to be spirit-filled and get the confidence. Every time I pray, I'm not praying in my confidence. I'm praying in my God's confidence. Every time I speak to somebody and witness to somebody, I'm not living in fear. No, I'm speaking on behalf of because I know who I serve and I know who he is. When I'm praying for healing in my family, I'm not speaking on my behalf. I'm speaking because I know the healer and I know what he's done and I know what he can do. Anybody in the house hearing what I'm saying this morning, you've got to walk with a different mindset. got to get out of down here. No, you are a child of God. Come on, somebody, you got to give. That's why you give glory to him. So now when I walk, I walk by faith and not by. I just want to see you in victory. I'm telling you, I mean, the enemy has come in and he has plundered the church. Through COVID, through all the stuff that's happening. Every pew in this building ought to be full. But the testing in the fire has weeded some people out where their faith was. Amen. But I'm not worried. Because I know the promises in the word. I'm not worried. Because I know he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Those, when they really, you come to the end of yourself. That's the problem. I go to church, but I'm still dealing with everything myself. But when you come to the end of yourself and put God first in your life, then things begin to change and happen, and you'll be delivered and set free. You think differently. You talk differently. You speak differently. And when the tough times come, you trust God. So I'm trying to speak to somebody this morning because you're going through a battle. You're going through a tough time. But you know what? You've, it's revealing what's really on the inside. What did James say? You'll be tested in the trial and by fire. And it's going to want to, to remove impurities or things in your life so that you can become all that God's called you to be and that your faith would be built faith upon faith from glory to glory so that I keep walking in victory. I'm trying to help somebody in this morning. Sorry, I got a little preach in me. Fasting. When you fast, whatever's good or bad in you will come out. When you're dry spiritually and you don't feel the anointing, it's time to fast and pray. And I'll tell you this. When you, there'll be days when you're fasting and praying and you don't feel nothing. But that's when God tests you whether you're following him out of your feelings or out of your faith. Because his word is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He says, I'm here. I've never left you. Matter of fact, why don't we wake up and realize the Holy Spirit is living within me? If I'm conscious of that, I live differently. I speak differently. I act differently. I treat people differently. Hello? <laughs> oh, we're going to get real. Are we going to live the spirit-filled life or are we going to live the flesh life? i got to keep moving. We're never going to get through this message. Let me give you a word of warning, too, about fasting. You ha- we must fast with the right motives. Not for selfish gain. Not for manipulation. You can't manipulate God. Well, God, I'm going to fast so that. (laughs) 
No, he's just, he just trying to get you to make room for him right now because it's about a relationship. And you got to understand that not everybody that fasts fasts for the right reasons. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, in 1 Kings, is a funny story. Uh, to me, it's funny. In chapter 21, there was a woman named Jezebel who proclaimed a fast over the land. And she fasted in order that a man named Naboth would die and that she would get his land and she would give it to her husband. Amen? So she fasted to have him killed. I don't need nobody fasting to get at nobody. Get him, Lord. <laughs> I don't like them, God. Get him. Fasting is not just keeping yourself from food, that's called starving. Or dieting. If you don't pray and you don't read the word, you don't have some devotion time, time with God, go ahead and eat, man. I'm all, let me help you. Go ahead and eat. Fasting is refraining from food or things for a spiritual purpose in your life. Amen? And God promises I'll reward you. Here's the second thing. I'm asking you to do, not give just God the first of your year, but how about giving, practice giving God the first of your week? The fact that you're here today says a lot about your priorities. I'm proud of you for being here. I always say success begins on Sunday. There's nothing like being in the house of God. There's something about corporate worship. I'm not saying, people say, well, I don't need church to have a relationship with God. No, you don't. But you know what? You need a corporate body of believers at some point in your life. When you fall and you need somebody to pick you up, you need somebody. And there's something about corporate worship and corporate prayer and corporate fasting, the encouragement that goes on. Things happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else in this world. Make it a priority to make God the first part of my week. I mean, what would it look like? I know this is a challenge. If you were in the house of God 52 Sundays out of the year. Now, I'm not saying you have to be there. I'm not even here 52 Sundays out of the year. Because some of you have to, you know, time with your family or traveling or, or whatever. You're out of town with your job and work. But at some point, here's the thing. You can tune in right online. You just pull up that little thing called a phone. Oh, you already know what that is. You can tune in. Not this, just to this service, but all across. There is no excuse. Anybody? You can put God first any time. Amen? All right, that was an easy, easy one. Here's the last one. I'm challenging you with to join me this year, and that is give God the first of your day. I promise you, it, your life will be better. If you wake up in the morning and you give the first part to God. I mean, sometimes we wake up in a frantic. Some of you are like, I'm not even thinking about God. You, matter of fact, you're endangering all of our lives because you're putting your makeup on while you're driving. <laughs> and you're texting at the same time. And you got worship music on the radio. I could say some things I'm not. Amen. Get up in time to give a little bit to God. For this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it no matter what comes at me, no matter the problems, no matter the issues, no matter the things I'm facing. God, this is your day, another opportunity to live and live life. And it's not just about me, God. Let me remember, it's about the others I'm going to encounter today, God. And it's about giving my life away anyway. My, my life will have purpose. It will be better. So this is your day, God. Anoint my mind, my mouth, Lord, my words, my actions activities, everything my hand touches, every hand I shake today, God. Look for every opportunity when there's a time and somebody needs prayer. Don't waste that time. Take it right there in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray for you today right where you are. Anybody hearing what I'm saying, your day can absolutely change instead of worrying about yourself, worrying about your issue, your problems stuck in your own world.
I pray God deliver you out of that. Some of you just wake up negative. How many of you grumpy in the morning? Ain't nobody. Yeah, we got a few. You grumpy. You just wake up grumpy. Like, dear God, go back to bed. I've done it. But I've made a practice in my life. My wife knows this. I get up early enough. Go in there, of course, I get my coffee. I don't turn any TV on. I don't turn. And this, this has been a great practice for me. I get emotional about it because how many times I've met God there. I mean, sure, I'm getting text. I'm already getting phone calls. I'm already getting emails. I leave the phone away from me. And I give God that first part of my day. My life has been so much better. So much calmer. Remember, don't be anxious. There's something I call the first 15. It's easy for you to remember to give God your day. Five minutes in prayer. Five minutes in worship. And five minutes in the word. I'm saying, here's what some of you are going to do. You're going to like, I'm going to spend time with God. And you're going to get your devotions out. And you're going to get your version Bible, which I, I suggest you do because it has all kinds of devotionals in it and plans. But the thing is, you, the first, first day you're going to spend an hour and a half. You'll be like, oh, man, i got to go to work. I gotta, and it's so good. And then you don't spend any time the rest of the week. I, I suggest you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, start off. And just have a consistency. First 15. Five minutes in prayer. Look, you ain't got to pray a long time for it to be effective. You know, I was raised where we had all night prayer meetings. I mean, I'm a kid. And I'm thinking, dear God, how much do we got to talk to this man? You know, I mean, everybody. I heard people praying the same prayer over and over after about five minutes. like, And then just not even know what to say. Just, ah! You know, and I'm over there sleeping under the pew, nice and peaceful. Matter of fact, I got left at the church one time. You know, we had Sunday night revivals. Anybody, y'all don't even know what that is. Sunday night service, it revival night. Like, dead, he didn't even preach half the time. He was just hoping it'd turn into a service. Like, everybody just, ah, you know. Some of the greatest times of my life, we saw God move. But I remember one time, <laughs> I woke up. And I was like about the third pew back. I was asleep under that pew, and it was pitch dark in that church, that building over here. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a building, a church that's pitch dark. And I'm like, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. There's no cell phones. And I'm thinking the rapture happened. <laughs> My 12-year-old little old heart was just going, oh, my God. <laughs> my parents, you know, they had driven separately to church. We only lived, lived about five minutes from the church. And so they both drove home, and each one of them thought that they brought me home. <laughs> so finally about 12, 30 one o'clock in the morning, I found a phone in the church. You know, we have the rotary dial. Y'all know what that is? <laughs> I mean, my dad's like, hello. Dad. <laughs> yes. Y'all left me at the church. <laughs> yeah, then maybe I needed it, right? <laughs> thankful for those prayer meetings thankful thankful for mom putting the bible on uh, between my mattresses and praying over my bedroom before I came home from being out knowing who doing all kinds of crazy stuff I wouldn't be here today just asking you to put God first 
Are y'all with me? Can we do something together as we begin our fast? Now, I, go eat today. Go eat. Man. I'm telling you, go enjoy. I'm going to pop cedars. I don't care. I ain't lying. I'm going to pop cedars. I'm going to eat good. Because tomorrow, it begins. But it's going to be awesome. But I want you to set some objectives to do it. So those of you, you're ready to join with me. Can we try just for, the, just for a few minutes? I want to pray over you. Can we come around the front? There's just something about stepping forward and saying, I'm ready to commit the next few days of my life, God. Because some of you need God to move. Come on, just, just come around the front. I know this is old school, but you know what? I kind of like old school. Amen. Come as close as you can. Move around as far as you can. There's a lot of people coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all scoot in as tight as you can. Lots of people coming. Amen. If y'all have to even gather around that aisle. Amen. Thank you, God. In the presence of God, so good. Amen. This, don't y'all just sense like just the, the joy and the goodness of God right now? It's like a calmness in here. Some of you need some peace in your lives right now. It's been chaotic. It's been some things going on. You need some peace. Amen. I'm just saying what I sense in my spirit. I, wherever you're at, I'm just telling you, wherever you're at, whatever you're, everybody's got things going on, things in your life. We have the promise. We have the promises of God's word. He said, I'll never leave you. Never forsake you. Hold on to that right now. You, you're going through. Your family's going through some tough times. You got some things you, I'm holding on to your word, which is powerful, which penetrates the heart and the soul and the marrow in my spirit. Just remember, it's a promise to you. It's God's word. It's been there for thousands of years. It's never forsaken anybody. It's always been true. It's your promise that I have healing is for my body. I've been holding on to that, and I'm still holding on to that for for Debbie. That's one of our objectives. We're, we're believing. The doctor says, we don't know. You got another six months or a year maybe to operate on your own kidneys. I don't know. But we're trusting God for today. And we're not going to worry. We're going we're to put it in God's hand and thank God for another day for healing today. Sometimes you got to walk daily. You, you can't just give it to God one time and then you forget about it. And you don't even know what you prayed about. Ever done that? Like you pray for something, don't even remember what you pray for. Write down your prayers. Put them in your notes and your phone. God is for you, not against you. He's with you. We're going to do this together. We're going to see God move. We're going to see the miraculous happen in your life. Some of you got a ministry that's waiting. All of you actually have a ministry. I'm just waiting for you to accept it. I'm wearing a little bracelet today. It don't mean nothing to anybody else. But I was given this bracelet to represent fishers for men. I found it this morning. Because I'm going to wear it to remind me of what I'm called to do. See, the truth is every one of you are called to be fisher of men. You're looking for your ministry? I just gave it to you. Whether it's in the work field whether it's going downtown, I don't know, whether it's to your family this year, I don't know. We're believing God for some miraculous provision. Some of you need healing. How many of you need physical healing right now? Anybody? Raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to go ahead and say this, emotional healing. Mental health is a, a big issue that we're facing right now. We're just calling it like it is. Some of you are facing that. I'm telling you, the mind is a powerful thing. Whoever, would you just put your hand on somebody next to you? Not, don't make them uncomfortable, just maybe on their shoulder or whatever. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we've come forward as a step of faith. 
believing in the promises in your word. God, we thank you for the healing that has begun right this very moment, God. We thank you for the healing in our physical bodies, those battling, God, cancer, battling diabetes, battling, God, health issues that are high blood pressure, all kinds of things that are going on in their body, every disease, every sickness. You took it on your back, God. The Bible says, by your stripes, we are healed. And so we stand on that today, God. I pray, Lord, for those struggling mentally and emotionally, God, today. I rebuke the devil and every wrong thought that he puts in their minds, God, every negative thought, everything that comes along, because I'm not what the enemy tells me I am. I am a child of God. I was formed in my mother's womb. I have a purpose, God. I pray, Lord, that they begin to think on things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report, God, that I'm going to see differently. I'm going to fight differently, God. I pray it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And, Father, I pray for focus for the next 21 days. God, that we be intentional about seeking the kingdom of God first. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you reveal answers. Most importantly, that we draw closer to you during this time, oh God. That our relationship is grown and stretched and that we come to know you like we've never known you, God. That we can become closer to you, God. That we see us be people that are living out this life you've called us to live. We ask you, God, to use us as a church. Use us in the community. Use us in our job. Use us, Lord, with our employees, our employer, God. Use us in every way, I pray, to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Lord, let your breath be in our lungs, every word that we speak, every mind in our minds, every thought we think. We ask you in Jesus' name. Everybody say a good amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise right now. Let's sing it. It's your breath. Can our we worship one? So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. Pour out our praise. your breath in our lungs. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your presence in this place. Amen. If you're a guest, I'd love for you to join us in our VIP out to my right. If it's your, you've been coming, we'd love to meet you. And uh, bring your children, bring them with you. We love you. Thank you for being here tomorrow, 7 to 8 p.m. Doors will be open. I hope you'll join me in a time of prayer. God bless you guys. I love you. In Jesus' name.